Hi there, Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, back with another podcast review for your ears. Going to be talking about 1993's True Romance and its new 4K edition. This movie is a bit of a home video holy grail for me. Um, Haven't seen it or owned it since the DVD days. Not long after it came out in 1993. Um... When it finally came out on Blu-ray, it got terrible, terrible reviews. I think Warner Brothers released it. I'm trying to remember who. Um, for whatever reason, it wasn't authored correctly, and the video got terrible. I mean, really bad. And so I'd see it in bargain bins and wouldn't pick it up. I'd hope one day it would come out in a decent version. And out of nowhere, Arrow announced earlier this year they'd be releasing a 4K edition uh, in the summer. came out. It's quite nice, actually. Great steelbook. Um, great 4K transfer. 5.1 surround. Very good. Um, not Atmos, does have um, HDR10. I saw Dolby Vision. My Dolby Vision light came on as well. It's a really good 4K, but we'll get to that. So for those that haven't seen True Romance, it's been out for quite some time, almost 30 years. I won't get into any spoilers until the very end, and I'll let you know. There's a couple things I want to mention about the alternate ending and the end of the movie and that kind of stuff. But we'll talk about it at the very end so you can, you can bounce out when we get to that. So for those that don't remember, didn't see this, or, or you know haven't ever seen the movie, in 1993, things were changing. Um, there was a group of producers that all kind of eventually became part of Miramax. But there was Carol Coe and a few others. They were hitting with all sorts of movies from the mid-80s on up until the early 90s. So they had all this money, and they were taking real chances. And so there was a lot of money involved in getting Tony Scott, Ridley Scott's brother, to direct a script by this young guy called Quentin Tarantino. I think he had made Reservoir Dogs and was working on Pulp Fiction or something like that. Um, He wasn't a household name yet. He was something that people were talking about. And I remember when the movie came out, it was part of that with a script by Quentin Tarantino. And it's like, okay, who? He made that that little movie? Okay, great. You know, you know, over the history of movies, they, they talk about this new writer or this new director and in the beginning. And, well, it doesn't always pan out to become a Spielberg or a Scorsese, does it? But Tony Scott was a pretty slick director. Uh, he was accused on a, a few movies of being style over substance, but he had style in spades. So the short version review of True Romance, watching it now, I've not seen it in over 20 years. Um it's the best Quentin Tarantino movie he didn't direct. If you like that kind of thing, you'll like this movie. There you go. So to get into it, I really did like this movie. I saw it multiple times at the theater. I watched it on DVD several times. It, it has bothered me for years, over 20 years, uh, to not be able to get the Blu-ray. I think it eventually went out of print rights or something. Arrow Video got it. They did an all-region release. Arrow used to be a kind of a UK exclusive thing, but they're getting more and more all-region stuff. And 4Ks would be all-region anyway. But So the restoration on this is nice. It looks like a film. Uh, there's some great sunset scenes. There's some great cinematography, but it's not 4K crispy. Tony Scott, much like his brother Ridley did all sorts of trickery shot through gauze or smoke or um, haze or things on the camera and and weird lenses and all sorts of stuff to get different styles, filters, that kind of thing. Um, And so this movie is very stylized and looks like a film. It's not really sharp, but there are some close-ups and stuff. You've never seen 
Christian Slater and Patricia Arquette this close or uh, Dennis Hopper. The cast is incredible. There's really... Everybody's on their game. Everybody is either playing somebody they're really good at or the exact opposite of what they're really good at. I mean, a few of these guys disappear into these roles. The movie has always been available in an unrated director's cut, which is what I watched. I seem to remember it's just got a little bit more violence. I don't know if that's the Patricia Arquette, James Gandolfini scene, which we'll get into in a minute. That'll also be semi-spoilers. Or just some of the violence. It's bloody, but by today's standards, it's it's you know it's like a Tarantino movie. It's not that bloody. It's bloody, but it's not that bloody. There is a Mexican standoff scene to end all Mexican standoff scenes in this movie. That other movies have tried to do this, but this is where Tarantino just nailed it. And that's the best thing I can say about the movie is the script. Um, it's definitely a Quentin Tarantino script. The opening scene where Christian Slater is basically establishing his character in a speech to someone, a call girl he's talking to in a bar. Um, it's an incredible scene. It, it's it's wonderful Quentin Tarantino dialogue. It sets up kind of a tone for the movie. The, the call girl, he invites her to see a regular movie, and she's like, you want to invite me to? I, no, I don't think I could do that. Um, and it's a, it's almost a touching scene. And the movie, it's a touching movie for a Quentin Tarantino-type film. That's where Tony Scott comes in. And we'll talk about the ending and the, cha- the radical change there uh, when we get to the spoiler part. Christian Slater is great in this movie. Val Kilmer is in this movie, and you never see him clearly. He's in shadow. He's in the background. Um, you see him from the neck down. You see his face blurred because he's playing a... Uh, ghostly version of Elvis who advises uh, Clarence, Christian Slater's character. The plot of the movie, such as it is, is that uh, Christian Slater meets a call girl named Alabama and they fall head over heels in love. He goes to get rid of her pimp so they can live happily ever after and winds up stealing half a million dollars in cocaine. The drug dealer's boss wants the cocaine. A chase ensues. You get a Pulp Fiction kind of chase. This is a very linear movie for the most part. Um, It's not like Pulp Fiction or whatever. And it was interesting. I watched a little bit of it with the Quentin Tarantino commentary, the alternate ending. And he talked about how Tony Scott pretty much filmed this script as it was. And he also talked about how the movie was different because of what Tony Scott did to it. He made it more of a romantic fairy tale. And that's what I got out of it. It's kind of like um, Wild at Heart. Great movie, but very strange. But in the end, it's, it's kind of just a romance. And this, basically, with all the violence and all the double crosses and everything else that happens, it's a romance about two people, two weird people that find each other and, and are destined to be together. I don't know what else to say about the movie without giving away spoilers. It's a it's a violent tale. It, it's got twists and turns. It's definitely a Tarantino script. The dialogue is incredible. It crackles throughout the entire movie. No matter of fact, the original ending, well, uh, they filmed two endings. Um, one that was in the original script and the one that they eventually went with. And I don't know, the dialogue in the, in the original ending wasn't up to par with what happens in the ending that we get. Anyway... Um, Tarantino is happy with the ending, actually. We'll get to that. 
Last but not least, this movie holds up really well. It's a bit of a time capsule. Um, there's no cell phones or anything, but I guess it could take place at just about any time at this point. There's no real references to television. There's a few movie references and stuff, but it's older stuff. Apocalypse Now and things like that, which at that time was even old. Um, yeah, I really had a fun time with it. I've been looking forward to this release and waited till I had a couple hours. The director's cut's only a couple minutes longer. Um, I don't even think it's a full two minutes longer. Um, more violence, maybe a few quick edits. I will have to do a little more research on that, but I've seemed to have always watched the director's cut since I saw it in the theater. And um, I didn't see anything that stuck out. The film is all in great shape. So the 4K, really great. Um, the HDR, what I've noticed on some of these older movies that don't pop like new movies do, like a Disney movie or a Marvel movie with the electricity and the explosions really pops. The the colors, it's just really bright. Um what I've noticed in older movies is the HDR helps with the gradations of color, uh, whether it be sunsets or clothing or shadows to, and to light and that kind of thing. It's just a smoother yet tighter picture. Um, it just looks more filmic, looks more photographic. I thought the movie looked great. I thought it sounded great for its age. It doesn't sound like it's been pumped up. It's just a. It's always been a good soundtrack that I remember, um, and it filled up the five point one quite a bit. It's it's. Uh, didn't sound too dated. It's got good directionality. There's some pretty cool stuff that happens. I would have liked an Atmos mix, but, you know, you can't have everything. All in all, the 4K is worth it. Right before it came out, the prices dropped. The Steelbook was cheap. The regular version was pretty cheap. And even the limited edition was below what you would normally pay for a new 4K. So I picked up the limited edition, the swag, and it is nice. It's got postcards and stuff and a poster um, with the new artwork and some original artwork. I think you can flip around the 4K artwork and get both as well. Arrow's very good about that. It's a nice little package that comes in a hard cardboard box, much like American Werewolf and some of their other uh, special editions. I don't get too many of their special editions because they're usually pricey, but like I said, this one came out at a decent price, and it's been a bit of a home video holy grail for me. So I'm glad to finally have it, and it'll be something I rewatch. Uh, this is one I watch with commentaries and stuff. It's a, it's a, it's deep like a Tarantino flick should be, but you get the uh, the slickness and the visual style of Tony Scott. So pick it up. Now let's talk about some spoilers. I'm going to do a brief talk about a couple things that if you have not seen the movie, it will blow the ending for you. So please tune out now. Spoilers are coming. Big spoilers. Okay. You gone? Good. The alternate ending is um, Clarence doesn't die. Or, or the, the ending we get in the movie is Clarence is not really dead. When he gets shot in the face, it glances off his eyebrow and he survives and they live happily ever after, move to Mexico and have a child named Elvis. And I, I think that's poetic. I think it's apropos. I think it fits the tone of the film. And so I, I watched the alternate ending with both Quentin Tarantino's commentary and Tony Scott's commentary. They're both on there separately. And um, the ending is very similar, um, except she leaves the hotel alone. And she does a bit of a monologue. And she thinks about shooting herself. And she doesn't. And she she basically parks the car and then goes back. Um, I just don't think that ending worked. And listening to Tarantino talk about it, he goes, I, you know, if I made the movie, it would have been a different movie and that ending would have worked. He goes, but in Tony Scott's movie, he went with the right ending. I totally think this is the way the movie should end. He made it more of a romantic, you know, fairy tale and it ends like a fairy tale should. He wanted to see the characters continue. I 
could not agree more. I think the movie, if it ha- it's got a lot of downbeat endings, uh, downbeat things in the movie, not just the ending. So that was one thing I was going to talk about. It wasn't, I guess it was controversial then. I'm surprised it's not controversial now. There's a scene where James Gandolfini's character, who's a really bad guy in the movie, beats up Patricia Arquette's character. And it's, it's bad. It's hard to stomach. It is a rough scene. And it goes on and on and on. Watching it now, not remembering it was even coming up, and I was like, wow, yeah, this is, this is way over the top. But then when she gets to get retribution on him, I mean, it's it's justified. It feels good. And she screams. And it's kind of slow-mo there. And it's definitely Tarantino-ish. It's definitely Shades of Kill Bill and other things he's written. But I'm, I'm just surprised. I guess it, it, it doesn't cause controversy because she wins in the end and kills him horribly. Multiple shots in the face and body. But it's a pretty rough scene to sit through. It's pretty violent. He beats the crap out of her or the stunt person or whoever. It's very realistic looking, throwing her around the apartment and into shower and stuff like that. It, it's, it does tend to go on a little bit. The other violence and stuff, like the scene where basically Christopher Walken is kind of torturing Dennis Hopper. It's great. You never, I forgot what Christopher Walken was like when he was really young. <laughs> and not that he's super young, but he's younger than the characters that he plays now. And Dennis Hopper was a bit younger, and they had this 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 interesting repartee in a scene that was quite nice. Um, really liked the movie, but those are two things. I'm, I'm glad they changed the ending. I'm glad Tony Scott directed this. I think it would have been okay in, in Quentin Tarantino, and he might have made a classic out of it. But to me, Tony Scott did make He elevated the, the Quentin Tarantino script just a bit. Just a little bit, did some things that Tarantino wouldn't have done, I imagine. I will have to watch the whole movie with the commentary to find out, but um, Tony Scott had a certain style, whether it be Enemy of the State or any of the other movies he directed, um, Top Gun. So, should you check it out? Absolutely. The 4K edition is incredible. Pick that up. It's got a, a... Unlike most Arrow releases, the 4K also has a Blu-ray. Um, there's plenty of extras on it, deleted scenes and things like that. So enjoy. True Romance, I'm glad to finally have a home video holy grail of mine in the collection to watch anytime somebody wants to see a romantic fairy tale with tons of Tarantino dialogue and violence. I'm Scott Hamilton. I'm Rockfile. My links are below. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to listen. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.